Hey, turning your Bibles to Psalm 139, we are going to examine this passage uh, to learn what our significance is, what our worth is, how we are valued, what our purpose is. Uh, psalm 139 is generally a psalm we use for a proof text uh, to talk about pro-life issues and how we believe that we were known when we were conceived or even before we were conceived. Uh, but uh, there's a whole lot more here in this text uh, than just proving an issue about when life begins. Uh, it does prove that. It does add credibility to that argument. Uh, but this text uh, is David looking back over his life. Uh, it's no doubt uh, a man looking back over his story, uh, looking about a, back over his failures, and just uh, realizing and having one of those moments uh, where he recognizes God has to love me, and God has to know me, and God has to have a purpose in all of this. And so I believe this psalm uh, would do us some good here in our midweek study. We've, we've been studying through the book of Psalms for some period of time. On Wednesday nights, uh, we usually tackle subjects, we do topical studies, book studies. And uh, once uh, this pandemic is uh, more in control, we will begin gathering once again, and we invite you to join us. But meanwhile, uh, this has provided us an opportunity to put these Bible studies online. Uh, they're generally a little longer when they're live and in person and can include interaction. Uh, so we're kind of limited in that. But uh, if you would, go with me to Psalm 139. Uh, there's some things that I need to know what God knows about me. would probably be a way I would uh, begin talking about this psalm. We, uh, we recognize that there are three dimensions, three dimensions of being known. First, there is what you want other people to see. That's sort of a managed identity. Uh, the social media gives us a great example of that. We put only our best foot forward. We only show our, show our strong side. Uh, we, uh, we filter those pictures. We, we, we want people to believe that our life is full and vibrant, uh, even though our life has many secrets and many dark areas many bad days, many challenges, many weaknesses. Uh, but uh, we put up an image that we want the world to see. We kind of keep the world at an arm distance. Uh, we do note the difference between a casual relationship and a personal, private, intimate relationship. Those people know a little bit more about us. But uh, first know that it's, there's this what we want other people to know. That's not the real me. Uh, the next thing is, is what I know about myself. Now, I know myself pretty well, or do I? Uh, that's what this text brings to mind, because you see, the third dimension of being known is what God knows about me. He knows me better than I know myself. He knows me better than my spouse knows me, or my family. He certainly knows me better than my neighbor knows me. Psalm 139, we're going to section this and talk about it. So we're going to read a few verses at a time. So keep your Bible open to Psalm 139. We're going to begin by reading the first five verses. So if you've got a copy of God's Word now, let's look at it. 
It's written by David, and it starts, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Uh, the first thing we want to draw from the psalm is this. I am fully known by God. He knows my strengths, my weaknesses, my thoughts, my habits, my intentions, my motivations, my desires, my loyalties, my fears. He knows my secrets. He knows me better than I know myself. We go back to the text and we look at verse 6, a little longer portion uh, we'll be reading now. But we will notice in this section of the text that not only does God fully know me, he has a plan for me. Verse 6, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, and I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. And if I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you, for you form my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book, they are all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there was none of them. My Creator has plans for me. Do you like what David says there, that no matter what kind of situation I get myself in, no, no matter the locality, no matter whether I'm trying to do something in secret, no matter if I have been abandoned by others and I find myself in a very lonely place, that my God, my Creator, is there. He's always watching. He's always acting from the beginning to the end. There's an imagery in the Bible that is referred to of a potter 
with a lump of clay, molding it to make something beautiful. The designer who has a purpose for what he's designing. Some pots are made for sitting on a shelf. Some pots are made to be a tool. Some tools hold valuable things. Some not so valuable things. But at that moment, the potter is involved. He he sees the finished product as he has it on the wheel. He He's molding it and bringing his design to it. There's also another image of a seamstress who's busy building something other, who has a design, a purpose in what they are building or making. You see, my life is a story. Your life is too. And this is an interesting chapter that we're in right now. But it's serving a purpose. It's creating a storyline. It's creating a climax. It's developing the character of the story, which is you. A story that he's took time to write. My story is not the same as yours. We might be going through something similar, but the stresses on me are unique, and the stresses on you are unique. And the outcome of, of this could be varied. But our God, our Creator, looks at you, and he's taking time, he's taking painstaking time to write into your life. My life was designed to have purpose and direction. David realized that. David had been a shepherd boy, the youngest son of Jesse. But God had a design for him to be the greatest king of all Israel, to be a man after God's own heart. And there were many wrong paths that David takes. There were moments that he was greatly pleasing to God. There were moments in which he's hiding in a cave for his life. There are dark moments inside of his chambers in which he wonders, what have I done? What have I destroyed? David's looking back over his life and saying, God loves me. God has a plan, and he's not dismissed himself from me. He's with me if I choose to be in the high places in life, or whether I'm in the dark places. That's, that's something that you need to read occasionally, uh, particularly if you go through, like all of us do, a depressed state, uh, a time in which uh, you're wondering, what's the purpose of what I'm doing? Does anybody care? Does God even care? Uh, this psalm brings it to mind. Let's go back to the passage for a moment and look at verse 17. Just two verses here. We find that my Creator cares about every detail of my life. Look at 17. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more than the number of the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. He's concerned about you and not bothered by you when you cry out to him. Uh, when you crave an awareness of his presence, he even cares that you might not care about him, that you uh, may have abandoned him, that you might be off in the far country like the prodigal son. 
You know, when you're not praying, when you're not reading God's word, God's not lost concerned about you. You're not on the back burner. If we meditate on this song, it should create awe and wonder. It should uh, it should soothe our low significance. It should uh, remind us that you're not a random person. That God had plan for you and still has a plan for you. And that he's still working. Look at verse 19. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, you bloodthirsty men, for they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate them, O Lord, who hate you? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them. With perfect hatred, I count them my enemies. Now, this seems to be a break in the uh, way the psalm is developing. Uh, David's throwing in a personal note after thinking about how God cares for him. Now David's beginning to be concerned about what concerns God. Uh, he goes from a pity party about himself, wondering if he's significant, to being concerned about God. You see, when you think about God, particularly along these line of thoughts, you recognize that my Creator is loyal to me. But am I loyal to Him? God is a determined God, a just God, and He desires your loyalty. And he's proven he's willing to wait for your loyalty. Oh, that's convicting. The Lord had to wait on me a long time. And there's still some things in my life that he's still waiting on me. Why? Because he considers me significant. The last two verses of the psalm say, Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me. Know my anxieties. See if there is any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. You know, this psalm ends the way it began. Making a statement that God knows me. But you notice how the psalm has ended? Now David is saying, I want you to know me, and I want you to reveal to me what you see when you look at me. You need to have access to what your Creator knows about you. That's the moment of revelation. That's the moment when you want what God wants for your life, you hate what God hates. You love what God loves. That's what God wants most of all. 
to have a oneness with his heart, to have a unity of purpose. We are never going to be perfect, but our hearts can want what God wants. Is that your prayer right now? You know, many people pray and it's all about what they want. Uh, but the prayer that God hears and the prayer that God answers is a heart that says, God, I want what you want. I hate what you hate. I love what you love. That's got to be a glory-filled moment for God. Finally, I have their heart and I have their devotion. God's will, you've heard uh, many people say this, God's will is a mystery, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. Why would God have expectations, his will, and then make it a mystery of what that is? That doesn't make any logical sense. That doesn't make any sense according to Scripture. It remains a mystery only when you don't want it. It, it remains a mystery when you're too busy putting your agenda out there, your concerns for comfort and pleasure and entertainment. But when you want what God wants, God's will is no longer a mystery. The flow of revelation begins, fills our hearts. The Holy Spirit directs, and we are obedient, and we are promoted, and we move on to the next level. And it all begins with the recognition, I am significant to God. If I, if I want to know myself, he's willing to reveal it to me. If I want to know my weaknesses, he's willing to reveal them to me. This is a great psalm. A great psalm to meditate on right now is we've kind of had to forced to take a lot of time outs, uh, you know, agendas and schedules that we normally kept are no longer available to us. And, and I believe this is about the end. That's just me speaking. Don't take that as, as uh, coming from the government. Certainly don't take it as, as the preacher over at the Baptist church has just said, this is just about over. I, I'm just expressing myself. And I want you to know, I feel like this is coming to an end, this quarantine. I believe we're about to move into the next level. Now, that that might be wrong. It might end up being wrong. But that's the way I have to work through this myself. It's just that, you know, what about if tomorrow we, we're able to go back to gathering at the church? What's the plans? What are we going to do? So I'm already in the next step in my thinking, and per perhaps you are. And I'm going to make sure that those next steps we take uh, in the life of this church are going to be ones that are directed by him, that we've adjusted our thinking and our desires, uh, that we will feel a new sense of urgency. We will recognize that uh, there's this little window of opportunity, perhaps, in the life of the unchurched in our community that, you know, they might consider coming to church. Sometimes a disruption in life will do that. It's sort of like a trip to the hospital. Suddenly, uh, you want to know where your Bible is, and you learn how to utter a prayer, no matter uh, how simple it is. Uh, there's this little window, and I want to be ready for it. And I know you want to be ready for it in your life, in the life of your family. And so right now, this psalm means a whole lot to me. 
because it means that God knew that at this age and at this point in ministry in Belhaven, uh, that this event would happen. He knows my thoughts. He knows my weaknesses. He knows me better than I know myself. I need to know what he knows about me and what he's trying to correct. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your holy word. It amazes me that we're reading it, but really it's reading us. It's reading our thoughts. It's interpreting the situation that we're in. And it's uh, giving us a very clear view of something that needs to be adjusted in our spiritual walk. Uh, we need to get off of this kick that I'm insignificant. I'm nobody important. I live in a very small town. I pastor a small church. That there is a significance in my life. There's a significance in the life of those who are listening to me right now. You know them. You knew them before they were even formed in the womb. And you had a purpose for their life. You had a plan. And you still have it. You've proven yourself to be willing to wait until we want it. And we cooperate. Because you're a loving God. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Belhaven Missionary Baptist Church is located at 251 Edward Street. If you're just joining us, I'm the pastor, David Pierce. And uh, we have a telephone number here I want to give you. It's 943-3102. That's the telephone number here at the church. And if you're looking for somebody to talk to or have some need, uh, that's currently going on in your life and you, you're looking for spiritual counsel or just a friend or if uh, you're already making plans for where you want to attend church uh, after the storm that we're going through is over uh, I want you to know this is a good place for you there are other churches here in town and uh, certainly if uh, God directs you that way we'll be happy we're all working for the kingdom of God but just for the for that person right now who's saying you know uh, when when church is open again, I, th I think I want to go down to the Baptist church. I want you to know you're welcome to come. I'm sure there are going to be some adjustments initially we're going to have to make uh, for social distancing. I'm not sure when that will be or, or what the particular items of that are going to be, but there's going to be an opportunity soon that the doors of Belhaven Missionary Baptist Church are going to be open and uh, we're going to move into worship. It's going to be an exciting time, and we're already looking forward to it, already making plans for it. Uh, but anyway, God bless you. Have a good week. Utilize that telephone number, 943-3102, if uh, that can help you uh, in your journey or there's a need in your life that uh, we might can address. God bless you.